0: For those of you not aware, uh, we are going through noetheric counseling and we have not yet reached the section on what noetheric counseling is. We are building our way towards that. We should get there in the next few weeks. Um, Today we are considering part two of uh, psychology and psychiatry and looking at why we as believers should not default to that. Uh, open your Bibles to Second Peter chapter 1. The reason we are looking at biblical counseling and why I'm taking the time to uh, explain the false notions of psychology and psychiatry is because of many Christians who are not only influenced by it, but we do tend to think through psychology, even the way that we make arguments the way that we counsel believers is uh, has some sort of uh, psychology in, involved in it many christians sit on the fence when it comes to psychology because it is a quote unquote science and uh, as a result of that we've handed over <coughs> the responsibility of uh, caring for one another and counseling one another to the professionals and unfortunately i don't think we realize uh, to a large extent that psychology, <clears throat> thank you, just new one, to a large extent psychology is not on the same page as Christianity. It's, uh, we are not heading in the same direction and we don't have the same uh, foundation. Um, we still have a few more weeks to go in our uh, discussion on psychology, so I hope this doesn't weigh you down. And know it's a lot of information, negative information, but there's a reason why I'm uh, doing that. Um, This section, I've given you some of his quotes, and there's a reason I've done that. No other notes other than his quotes. Um, I will have a lot more to say, but there's a reason why I want you to see what he says and actually take it home with you. For those of you who have done counseling, I want you to think about how the Jungian method of counseling is not um, or should not be applied by Christian counselors or counselors uh, at large, uh, biblical counselors at large. Why should we not subscribe uh, to this? All right, right. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them... You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love." Peter is obviously encouraging us that God has given to us all that we need for our lives and godliness. And then he tells us how to get there. Make every effort to supplement your faith. Faith is not by itself. Um, It has to have virtue, um, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, and uh, godliness accompanied with brotherly affection and love. Uh, Unfortunately, um, in Bible churches, we focus on one or the other. We focus on the practical or on the knowledge, yet both are important. So, as we get started, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a synopsis of who um, Carl Gustav Jung is. He's essentially a disciple of Freud. Now, we looked at Freud last time, and he was bad enough. Um, the reason I'm doing Young, even though they're in the same, it's called the psychoanalytical approach, even though they are in the same uh, approach, Young goes a little bit further. And there's a reason why I wanted to deal with Young, because Young is a little bit more religious than, um, than, than Freud, his, his father, not, not his literal father, but his father in the psychoanalytical faith. So um, there is, the language of faith is used by Freud, but Young goes a little bit more specific, and I'll show, uh, show you why he does that. <clears throat> um, Freud had a hatred of God in the Bible because of his upbringing. But uh, interestingly, uh, Young grew up in a Protestant Christian home. And uh, he saw how his father was mistreated, um, how the church... Neglected the duties that they had to the pastorate, the church eventually folded, and that uh, gave him the idea. He says, I've always had suspicion about Christianity because what people say and what they do are two different things. Um, and I found that interesting. So um, he became suspicious of the church because of how the church responded to his father as a minister. Instead of pursuing God, he pursued superstition and ended up in a wide array of various um, beliefs because of that. He he differed from Freud in the sexual drive which uh, Freud believed in. But like Freud, Jung believed that the unconscious part of mankind is the means of deliverance for mankind. And we will look at that later on. Jung, also uh, young or Jung, some Americans say, call Jung, I think it's young, but uh, I, I go between the two because that's how John Street used to say his name. Um, but Young also thought that members of every race share a deeper level of uh, unconsciousness. So um, colored community would have a a an understanding of the history purely because they because they are born colored white people are the same black people are the same so there's um, this is where you get the idea of black history white history there's not so much colored history but um, you get the idea of this race um, identification so identify with my race because I'm not only born black but I'm born in a specific race and so he causes or not he causes but um, it promotes a bit of a separation um, in humanity. <clears throat> so, this unconsciousness, um, sometimes I say consciousness when I do say that. <laughs> I was reading through my notes and I kept on saying in my mind consciousness. Um, it's unconsciousness, and I think I made a mistake in a note somewhere where I said, uh, let me see, do I have a copy of your notes? There you go. Where I say um, consciousness, I saw it uh, this morning. Uh, If you see it, it should be unconsciousness. But anyway, uh, as we begin, I'm going to give you at least five or six uh, ways that Young views life man, God, uh, Jesus, truth, um, change, or what our problem is, why we need to change. And it's interesting with him, it's a little bit easier. (coughs) Robert Skinny is a little bit more all over the the show. Um, He's a uh, behavioralist, and so he's a little bit more all over the show, so it's difficult to put him into categories like I was able to do with Young. Uh, But you will see that his beliefs are very close to religion in the opposite sense. So let's begin with man. He believes that uh, (coughs) the goal is to uncover the self which is called the collective unconsciousness, the uncovering of oneself. I just want to make sure that I... What now? Yes, just make it, uh, point to make it uh, unconsciousness. Thank you. For reading ahead, um, I do have some quotes, and uh, I will—I have a little bit more in my notes, and so I will read from that, and then uh, walk into yours. But uh, Jung believed that this collective unconsciousness is shared by all people in their categories or races. Um, since this unconsciousness is uh, sometimes lost in childhood. You can tap back into it and that will inform you of your existence and how you need uh, to live um, unfortunately doesn't matter which area of uh, soft sciences or um, college if you go to the university young appears a lot um, even in a writing schools um, and you'll see that later on how to empty your mind and Uh, how to visualize things. Uh, He's the reason why we have these um, classes. But uh, Jung saw this uh, collective unconsciousness as the foundation of the structure of personality, um, which he says the ego, which is a a Freudian term, is built uh, upon. And because he believed that foundations of the personality are essentially universal for the race and also ancestral, we then have to communicate or get in touch with these past histories in order for us to live in the present. He says, quote, all esoteric teaching seek to apprehend the unseen happenings in the psyche, the knowledge world in the psyche, and all claim supreme authority for themselves. It doesn't have a problem with that because it is unique to that race or to that culture. What is true of primitive law is true even uh, in even a higher degree of the ruling world religions. They contain a revealed knowledge, that was originally hidden and they set forth the secrets of the soul in glorious images. <coughs> Quote, unquote. Wow. Um, it's very religious. And it would fit into a lot of churches. I mean, for some of the things that uh, he says. I just want to make sure that I have, because I don't have the subpoints I've taken out because it was 10 pages. So... Um, If I say A, it's because I have subpoints in my notes. The reason we need uh, to uncover this collective unconsciousness is because there is a deeply rooted collective history of the human race. So you want to know who you are, you want to identify your your culture and your, your nature and your history. You have to tap into all this baggage that lies in the background. It's all in the subconscious. It's hidden away. This uh, shared knowledge is the foundation of our identity. You will not really know yourself unless you tap into that hidden knowledge in the subconscious. This identity is represented by hundreds and thousands of archetypes and symbols, meaning that different people have different things to look at. And it helps shape our identity. So as a Christian, or if you brought up in a Christian home, you have a specific identity. If you brought up in an African tradition, African religion, you have an identity. But both of you need to tap into your history so that you could become a better you. This means that we all have expressions and manifestations of a core universal truth. So the truth is different for different people, but it is not wrong just because it is different. Have you heard that before? This is your truth? Oh, no, no, no. What is the new thing that they say? Well, it's not so new, but they say it often. Um, this is my truth? Or lived my lived experience? <laughs> Somehow we are able to have our own personalized truth. Uh, what's the problem with this? go ahead it eliminates the idea and the notion idea of um, objective truth a truth that is outside of everyone okay so we have my truth if it exists yeah good so point yeah. why is that essential it eliminates the idea of objective truth yeah, yeah. what is the standard Do you know behold? a good point um, you can't be held a ca- when there's objective truth when there is a standard and we have it in culture, in society. There is a law. The speed limit says 60. I won't call out names. But it says 60. And I've seen people drive out here just saying that 60. That's a law. But somehow it's relative to certain people of a certain car type. Like the v, VWs especially. I'm just saying. <laughs> there is no absolute... <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Secondly, what is his view on God? <clears throat> God can be found and experienced in the collective unconsciousness since it's the dwelling place of God. He doesn't deny the existence of God. He doesn't deny the existence of religion. What it does deny is where God can be found. God is not in church. God is not in heaven. God is in your subconscious, the unconscious, the collective unconsciousness. And again, different for different peoples. So you can't say there is only one way you have to come to church because that person's experience of God and knowledge of God would be different from yours. This relates to religion, and so I've put it underneath religion, uh, underneath God. A. Uh, it is believed that jung was the the first to understand the psychoanalytical uh, approach belongs to the area of religion so he's the father of the religion of psychoanalysis uh, jung's theories constitute a religion that can be seen in his view of god as a collective consciousness and thereby present <coughs> himself in each person's unconsciousness so god would appear to you. And you will see that in his quotes. For him, religion reveals aspects of the unconsciousness and uh, could thus be tapped into by the person's psyche. So you have, you have to go back into your mind. He also used the dreams as a, vi- as a means to understand what God is trying to say to the person. Does that sound familiar? These dreams reveal self-understanding and self-exploration as God makes himself known to you. (laughs) Quote. Religion was only a tool to tap into the self. And if a person wanted to use Christian symbols, that was fine with him as long as they found um, as long as they found themselves. Ever hear that? I need to go into the bush, go fishing, I need to go hunting, I need my day out shopping. I don't know what women do to find themselves, so I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm spitballing here. Yeah. But I need to go find myself. I need a day at the spa. I need, I, I need to find myself. I don't know what you were doing when you lost yourself, but (laughs) that's a problem. The experience of God is internal, and this internal reality relates to the knowledge which relates to you. I don't know if you're catching it. So your knowledge relates to who God is, but it's also a self-revelation of who you are. Therefore, God will be different um, to us in a suburban area than it is to, a, to God in a, um, a rural environment. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with that. God is different to an individual in the, the rural envir- environment than He is to me in this suburban environment. The common idea that is passed down <clears throat> in the collective unconsciousness is that God exists and he can be to you whoever you, whomever you want him to be. <clears throat> How does he view Christianity? Young really wanted to replace Christianity with a faith and a God of his own making. And it's, it's partly to do with the fact that he became so disillusioned with the church. He, he, he did not like what he saw. He said his father was confused in that um, he, he had blind faith, even though life was horrible in the church, he still went to church. He said, I don't understand that. Why would you subject yourself to a people that doesn't li- don't like you? Why would you subject yourself to people who fight all the time and people who just don't love each other? That is not Christianity. Christianity can be different. And so he came up with his own version of it. He says, quote, I imagine a far finer and more comprehensive uh, task for psychoanalysis, the religion, than alliance with an ethical fraternity, Christianity. I think we must give it time to infiltrate into people from many centers to rev- rev- um, revive, uh, revivify among intellectuals a feeling for symbols and myth, even so gently to transform Christ back into the soothsaying God of the vine, which he was, and in this way absorb those ecstatic, instinctual forces of Christianity for the one purpose of making the cult, I believe that is Christianity, and the sacred myth, what they once were, a drunken feast of joy where man regained the ethos and holiness of an animal, end quote. Wow! <clears throat> I Yeah, it's shocking. But, it, it, you know, the, there were some quotes that I was uncomfortable putting in with regards to Christ. The, the view of Christ is shocking. He, he does not believe in the deity of, of Christ. And um, I think I put it on later. But he says, yes, he was a deliverer. But for the different reasons that many think. His ultimate goal... Was to have a full-bred replacement of Christianity because he thought it was a—it's either a cult or a sacred. Um, what did you call it? A sacred uh, myth, um, yeah, sacred myth. But both of them are bad, and it needs—it needs transformation. It needs a change, and the only way to do that is for psychoanalysis to infiltrate this Christian cult, to replace it with this new form of. What Christ essentially was, a soothsaying God. Somebody that tells you exactly what you want to hear. Does that sound familiar? Where Christ gives to you visions of what you want to hear? It's going to become clearer later on if, you, if you're not sure yet. Jesus. What does he say about Jesus? Jesus is the primordial image of the anthropos, that is, the real man, the true man. And he accomplishes deliverance for enslaved people of the first century from the divinity of Augustus. Remember that the emperor um, claimed divinity for himself? So Jesus was the deliverer from the divinity of Augustus. And he claimed himself to be divine because now he replaces Augustus. Nothing more than a man who has made himself out to be... (coughs) <coughs> a God. He doesn't have a problem with that. That's okay for him. It was in the capacity of a redeemer that <coughs> sorry, he becomes part of the collective unconsciousness or psyche and identity of the first century Judaism. So Jesus remains there in the first century, but he became part of the understanding of what a deliverer is for them. This saving capacity is shared by others throughout history, meaning that Jesus is not only the only Savior. There are other saviors like him in all other uh, faiths and religions, like Muhammad or Vishnu or whatever the names are. He's okay with Jesus being one of many. Jesus functions merely as an archetype of what deliverance and redemption looks like. And you can encounter him in your mind because he can be to you a God. What about truth? Truth is found within, but it can be lost in childhood. I don't understand that. I mean, if it's within, how do you lose it? And if it's lost, how do you find it? And this is what Don and Peter were saying. There is no objective truth that guides us, but the truth is hidden within us. So what do you need to do to find the truth? You need to find yourself. In finding yourself, you find truth and you find religion. Have you heard people saying, I found religion? They've gone to psychologists and psychiatry and uh, whatever you name and then they end up in church and the, they don't say that i have found jesus christ as lord and savior they say i have found religion because their religion even though they may go to church don't, they don't believe everything that is said in church because who jesus is to them is different to who jesus is to you you believe in Jesus as an absolute, and one who is divine, and one is the, who is the only way. And they're fine with that as long as you don't enforce them to believe that. So They'll sit next to you and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in your Jesus, but I do believe in Jesus. What is what is wrong with the four of these? Four of the, the, the four, three things that I've just mentioned. Truth, Jesus, Christ. Uh, How did I get to three and four? Let me see. Do I have it in your notes? Yeah, I do have it in your notes. Sorry. Does everybody have the missing things? Because I went over truth very quickly. Did I mention that? Truth is found within? Yes, okay, but lost in childhood. So, um, how do we. How should we think about (coughs) these four things? What is wrong with him? (coughs) Okay, it just sounds horrible. (laughs) I think it's a little bit more than that. But anyone else? Yeah. said uh, That's probably why you see people who are perpetually looking for life coaches and psychiatrists are some of the most miserable people in the world as they've ever found you. Yeah, yeah. Um, ever heard of that term, life coach? Um, there are pastors who identify <laughs> as a life coach, uh, who are called life coaches. No, he's your pastor, he's your shepherd. He's not there to coach you into the direction that you want to go or that he wants you to go in. He's there to tell you what the truth says. Um, I hope that we are not coaches. (laughs) Anything else? Yeah, I have a whistle, but it's connected to my knife.
1: (laughs) Anything else? Yeah, go ahead.
0: I, I'm glad you guys are seeing it, because that's where it ends up. And I don't know if I have it as a quote, but <coughs> um, it does come up uh, later. That's true. So, it's just on what uh, Wayne was saying. It's a little bit more than um, him. It just sounds bad. This guy has willfully replaced, replaced the, the true Jesus with a false Jesus. The interesting thing is, is that he found favor... In a lot of Christian circles, and you will you will hear it in a moment's time. Let's uh, consider the experience of truth. Listen to what he says, and it should make you cringe. <laughs> Jung had something like a spirit guide, and he says Jesus can be this to you as well. He called him Philemon. Interesting that he comes from the Bible. And Philemon helped him to discover the truth. Listen to what he says about Philemon. Philemon and, other, a quote, Philemon and other figures of my fantasies brought home to me the crucial insight that there are things in the psyche that I do not produce. It's not him that says things or thinks things. <coughs> but which produce themselves and have their own life. Philemon represented a force which was not myself. In my fantasies, and this is in his subconscious, I held conversations with him. Mm. And he said, oh my word, he's speaking now, things which I had not consciously thought. For I observed clearly that it was he who spoke, not I. Psychologically, <clears throat> Philemon represented superior insight. He was a mysterious figure to me. At times, he seemed to me quite real, as if we, as if he were a real, uh, if he, as if he were a living personality. I went walking up and down the garden with him, and to me, he was what the Indians call a guru. End quote. Wow! There's a lot scary (laughs) in that. (coughs) Not only did he speak with him, but he went on walks with this guy. Now, later on, it seems like this guy became a person. Somehow materialized himself, or he was in the mind, in the forefront of the mind, not in the subconscious, but in the forefront of the mind that he actually saw him And had conversations with him. Or had a cup of tea with him. Does this sound familiar to you? Who said that so very uh, passionately? (laughs) Where have you heard this before? Yes, and? Oh, yes. Or The Secret. Or even Dreams and Visions. I had a conversation with... Jesus, I had a cup of tea, I went on walks in heaven with Jesus. No different to Philemon, because Philemon becomes the revealer of truth. (coughs) Young was, (coughs) is, well received among the spirit religions, those who emphasize the spirit. New ages, Christian science, and even charismatic circles. What's the problem and solution? Okay, any comments on that before moving? Sorry, what now? They entertain demons. (laughs) They are entertaining something. There is definitely something wrong. If you start to speak in your mind and it's talking back to you, there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um so, uh, go ahead. So this uh, point many <coughs> <coughs> <even> by to <coughs> we <He's> not understand, don't <coughs> realize But he he claims to believe in a Jesus and in a God. But it's. (coughs) I'm sorry that I coughed, but I have a bit of a cold. Um, It falls in line with Young's uh, philosophy that it's okay to believe in whatever kind of Christianity that you want to, as long as it speaks to you. And he's found himself. um, He's an intellectual, but anyway, yeah, I agree with you, Peter. (coughs) Point five. Problem solution. The ultimate goal is not healing, like with Freud and Skinner and um, the other guy, but rather coming into contact with the true self. That's the goal. That's the solution. The problem is not that you need salvation, but you need to find your self. <clears throat> this <coughs> is achieved. Get this by private visualizations. <laughs> this visualizations is employed by psychologists, psychologists. What's the plural of witchcraft? witchcraft. <laughs> That's what I thought. But no. <laughs> so as um, Keenan would say, witchcrafts or witchcrafting, or whatever you wanna write down there. New Ages, Psychotherapy, Education in the realm of Creative Writing, Problem Solving Courses, interesting, also in Magic, Psychic Healers, Human Potential Movement, known as, what do you think they are known as? The Self-Alpers, Motivational Speakers. And charismatic circles. Interesting. This is what it is to visualize. Don't speak negative things into your life. Wow! Think about the future and where you want to be in five years. Imagine it and you can have it. This sounds awfully familiar. Somebody would just add, claim the blood over it. It's no different. These are things that is seen in the realm of the laws of attraction, power of positive thinking by Vincent Norman Peel, or the Word of Faith movement. <clears throat> Ever read the book or seen the movie The Secret? Someone else mentioned something. Don, what, what is it that you said? Um, it's also a book, but it was The Shack. It was, it was him Finding Jesus and having conversations with Him. Positive thinking. Do not confess negative things. A lot of this is at the heart of the Word of Faith movement, and it is encapsulated in this phrase the force of faith. <coughs> When you say negative things, you are confessing demonic, evil spirits into your life, and you will never gain your true potential. You will never become the real you, and you will never have your best life. I'm just saying, it sounds very familiar, You can manipulate the forces of nature. You can manipulate things by means of personal visualization. Change. Change is coming into contact with your inner self by visualization, which is the result of a healthy you. Ever heard the, the phrase, finding a better you? Becoming a better you? That is often spoken about in Christian circles. It's Jungian philosophy, ideology, or I should say theology, which is not Christian at all. So how can you change? John Bradshaw, do I have this? (coughs) No. Says, this is what they would prescribe as a model for helping people change. (coughs) Relax. (coughs) Focus on your breathing. Imagine you're on a couch now. Focus on your breathing. Imagine that you're walking down a line or a flight of stairs. Go back through time to a street where you lived before. So find a street and go back. Go back to when you were seven years old. I don't know why. See a small child coming out of the door. That is you. You're seeing him now. Tell him that you are far from him from the future. And... You know better than anyone else what he has been through. He's seven years old. What has he been through? He's not been through anything. You know his sufferings, his abandonment, and his shame. Now ask him if he's willing to come home with you. (laughs) No, no. Stay there in the seven-year-old. Anyway, take him by the hand and start walking away. See your mom and your dad. Coming to the porch. We don't have a porch, we had a stoop. But anyway, you see him coming to this this porch. Wave goodbye to them. Continue to walk away. Continue to walk away until they are completely gone. And at the same time, embrace all your friends and allow your higher power to come into your heart. Listen to that. Allow a higher power to come into your heart. Now, walk away and promise your child self that you will meet him for five minutes each day. place him into your heart and get a sense of communion with yourself and with your higher power and with all things End quote. Why does that sound familiar? Because it's taken the language of Christianity, bad as it is, and replaced it with you. This is what he calls the salvation of the inner child. That is the change that you need to go through. You need to rescue your young little seven-year-old, you, from yourself. And you need to drag him into the future and commune with your inner self, as you are dealing with the problems of a seven-year-old child, which must be a lot, right? I don't know about you, but I remember when I was seven, I didn't have a lot of problems, but I caused a lot of problems. <laughs> this will produce a healthy you. Listen to what Bradshaw says. Quote, of all the people you will ever know, you are the only one, you will never lose, end quote. Why does it sound familiar? Because what did Jesus say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the biblical Jesus is replaced by you. That is why finding your inner self is your salvation. You are your own savior and protect exactly what Don said earlier. You become your savior. So let's just go through what this visualization is. I think I gave it to you. Did I give it to you? Yes. Active receptive visualization of of, uh, the deity or a deity by constructing in their mind a visual image of their imagination. I know it sounds confusing, but that's how they worded it. It's just Thinking not only if you're seven year old child, whatever deity you want to come up with, it's okay. That will lead you to your salvation. This is this <coughs> activity is found in Buddhism <coughs> and Hinduism. Visualize any de- deity that seems appropriate to you, and Jesus becomes a spirit guide and not a sovereign lord. He's there only to coach you and to be to find your inner you. They believe that we can shape reality by our. Minds. Yeah, I think it's enough um, on that. I want to read this quote. There was a... Um, this is his experience, I believe it was when he was seven, uh, young when he was seven. This is his um, experience of inspiration <clears throat> that led to his understanding of how things work. Quote, There was a demonic strength in me. And from the beginning, there was no doubt in my mind that I must find the meaning of what I was experiencing in these fantasies. And I endured these assaults of the unconscious. I had, Um, when I endured the assaults of the unconscious, I had unswerving conviction that I was obeying a higher will. And that feeling continued to uphold me until I mastered the task. <clears throat> so there was an influence in his life and something that visited him that spoke and was with him. He felt this presence. Didn't think it bad. He thought, no, this is good. This is my inner me being revealed. Um, interestingly, he uses the word a demonic strength in me. I think he got one thing right. It was something else, but it was not Christian. Sadly, who hold um, many who hold his views in the Christian realm does not re- realize that Jung, his only goal was to replace Christianity. It's not to provide a true salvation, but to provide a false salvation. Okay, coming to questions. <coughs> Yes, sir. Yes. scary because the more you look and you find you and the Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. But do you see how pervasive the psych- psychological, uh, what's the word, Psycho- psychoanalytical approach has um, influenced Christianity? How far it has spread? I don't think a lot of people realize that what they're saying is not Christian, but they regurgitate things that they've heard from other people. Um, and uh, Jesus becomes real to them. I mean, real. Not, not a fig- figment of the. Image. Have you ever spoken to somebody that saw Jesus? It's real to them. That had a physical experience with Jesus. You cannot deny that because they've experienced it. That's the scary thing. That is not Christian, though. And Jung would say, perfect. You found the answer to finding you. Keep on meeting with this person. Because he will help you to find your seven-year-old self. And deliver you from the hurt and the anger and the pain and the suffering that you've gone through from seven until now. Um, he's the reason why you can be saved. Um, different theology, um, but same, similar language. Anything? I saw another the hand there. Yes. Mm. Uh, if wondered, you know, what's the, what's the difference why song and really that you just use this and to I mean, lot of, of and, songs, and of is a form of mm. so you know, the, the Oh the, yes, I was gonna say good good point. Is, you know, and so, and so yeah, yeah, true, you know, yeah. Good point. Good your <coughs> yep. You're well said. Doxology becomes your theology. Um, singing is teaching. You should never forget that. That in singing, we are teaching the congregation. So when bands are making songs, they are teaching you their theology. Um, Arminius was a smart guy, he taught his. Theology by means of song. And some of those songs found its way into churches. And uh, sadly, it's influenced churches uh, tremendously. I saw your hand. Yes. Uh, I just <clears throat> Um, interestingly, it, it developed um, pretty late, meaning very recent. Um, 1900s is where you see a lot of the, um, that kind of language starting to develop, which is post <coughs> um, the psychological influence, both Freud and Jung. Um, <clears throat> so um, there is influence, and like I said, people regurgitate what they hear, they may not know what they are saying. But God spoke to me may not mean that they are having an experience with God. Um, so I don't make that blanket. I don't think it's good to make a blanket statement like that. But there are occasions where people have experienced God um, and are in those circles, and they are the ones that I would be careful with because they are tapping into things which is not in the national life. If Jesus is meeting with you, if you are seeing visions on a regular basis, and He is having a cup of tea in your vision. Or if you are having walks with Jesus, that is no different to what Young is saying. Um, go and walk with your spirit guide, and that's what today's Jesus has become. You notice that the language that this Jesus today and this visions that God is speaking to me—it's not um, words from from the Scripture. It's it's Him telling you about you, or Him telling you little stories about someone else. It's Him revealing anecdotal things, which has got nothing to do with theology. Whenever Jesus revealed himself, it was content-based, not story-based. And so, yeah, I would be careful in the charismatic circles, if you've got friends, when they start talking about, and notice the difference is, these people that are meeting with him are giving him content. It's not just stories or Jesus telling you you're going to have a better life. They are revealing knowledge, and he uses that word a lot. That's why it is faith-based. And you find that in charismatic circles um, as well. So not all people who use a language are um, influenced by young, but a lot are. So on the other hand, it was a deal, yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. Yeah. So there's some of us who come from a to background, joy that kind of 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 you, which you mentioned now, and maybe <laughs> wow, I didn't, yeah, I didn't pick that up. We'd have to check our hymns now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, i give you, we have five minutes left. I'll give you a response to Jungian um, uh, methodology and. Keenan touched on it. Uncovering the self or the heart uh, will only reveal more sin. It's not going to give you goosebumps when you find yourself. You're going to go, that's me. (laughs) Um, Yes, you don't want to find the true you. Uh, Jesus died for that true you. Because it's horrid. It's an offense before God and it needs redemption. So don't go be looking to find your true self. Man is described as a sinner that moves away from God. Why would you be wanting to move closer to yourself? Do you know where this finds itself um, prominently expressed? The self-esteem movement. Find yourself, love yourself, and teenagers love it because teenagers do struggle with (coughs) self-image. Self-image and self-esteem are two opposite worlds. It is okay to struggle with self-image because your body is changing. You are changing. You're becoming a man or a woman. And there are things that you're going to struggle with, that emotional uh, struggle. Your mom and your dad are there to help you through it. You don't have to suffer in those situations by yourself. Finding yourself is the worst thing you can do. Who do you need to find? Jesus. That is the source of your salvation, not you yourself. God is not found in us. The God that He finds is actually you. That is not the God that you need. God exists, I took the, I forgot the verse there. I think it's Second Chronicles chapter is 36 verse uh, six, no, um, six verse 36 where Solomon prays that your throne is in heaven and your dwelling place um, is in heaven uh, and your throne is seated above all all things. Jesus is not a redeemer like many uh, others. He is Lord, Redeemer, and Savior unlike others. There is no other name given among men by which you must be saved. Truth, you cannot encounter Jesus through your mind. He doesn't exist in your mind. But it does confront your mind with the truth. The problem is not a low self-esteem or needing a better look inward. Our problem is our sin nature. If our problem is a sin nature, then you need salvation, not finding yourself. Change is not, Let me. I think I put it there, biblical visualization is not biblical, period. If you are seeing things, trying to visualize a better future, if you are trying to visualize Christ, you are heading in the wrong direction. You dabble long enough with those things, they start appearing. There are those of us who were in the charismatic period when some of us were speaking in tongues and there were presence felt, things moving, scary business happening, and you wonder, but that was an experience. As yes, it was a negative experience. You don't want that. Stay away from those visualization things, techniques, or whatever. The only change that matters is salvation and growing in the grace of, uh, and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, our time is up. It's so one thing that I want to say. No couch will ever uncover what you need to be uncovered. You're always going to have to go and go and go again. Why? Because the uncovering is not you. The uncovering is sin. That's what you need to be, that's what needs to be uncovered. And when you understand what your sin is, what needs to take place? Repentance and confession, so that you may be forgiven. Okay, one minute, one last comment. I didn't call on the guys this week because they were really um, overwhelmed last time. Yeah. Mm. Good point. It does, yes. Well thanks for your time. Um, we will take a short break and resume in two minutes time.